I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast. My name is Christopher Harris. I'm joined by Kartik Krishnair. On this week's podcast, we discuss Fox's plans for the coverage of the World Cup, how Peacock plans to broadcast the World Cup, Wrexham catches fire, and Serie A wants Paramount Plus to pay more. This plus we have your letters uh, in the Listener Mailbag segment. All right, Kartik, it's, it's been a week, although it seems a lot longer. Uh, so whether it's politics, some of the crazy things going on, um, we, we're going to get to Wrexham definitely in the news segment. We'll talk about that. But let's go ahead and, and start with, with the news. Um, and that's the first bit of news, which is coming out of uh, Peacock, which is actually, for cord cutters, really good news. But I, I'll let you... Uh, uh, share, share the details. Yeah, and we had, of course, reported on it at World Soccer Talk, uh, potentially happening uh, yeah, months ago, but I, I think uh, late last, uh, last season uh, in Europe. But Peacock uh, will stream the first 12 matches of the World Cup via f- the free tier of Peacock, uh, which uh, uh, anyone can get. And then the remainder of the World Cup will be streamed on Peacock Premium, which is... Uh, a fantastic deal for cord cutters, and I'm already hearing from uh, people who are English language dominant fans uh, that they uh, are ready to kind of listen to the Spanish language commentary. Uh, this will, of course, be uh, the Telemundo uh, coverage uh, if they can avoid Fox, and this gives them that option. So uh, I think it's it's going to be a pretty big deal. I, I kind of want to see what Fox's streaming offering is, Chris, before uh, maybe overinflating the importance of this but I, I think it could be huge yeah it's something that uh fox is behind the eight ball on this one they, they don't have their own paid streaming service uh they have Tubi, which is a uh ad supported streaming service which will uh, ha- have uh replays of games on there but uh but peacock definitely is enticing because it's you know five bucks a month is going to have every single game uh, yes, the the actual commentary is in Spanish from Telemundo Deportes, but like you said, Kartik too, it's it's an option for viewers to consider who are either cord cutters or maybe they don't want to listen to the Fox commentary or don't want to watch the Fox coverage. And there's definitely ways. I mean, you could sync that up. So you could, I mean, stream on Peacock and then sync the audio from whether it's I don't know BBC Radio Five or Talksport or Sirius XMFC. And listen to English language audio of the game uh, that that's playing out in front of front of your eyes, whether it's on a TV set or a streaming device, whatever it may be. So um, yeah, no, it's it's a positive sign from Peacock, and I think in many ways too, Peacock's had a lot of uh, developments over the last few months. 
And we interviewed um, the executives to find out all the details. You mean, if you join a, a, a game in progress, you can go ahead and actually see, see clips of, of what you missed in the, say, the first 10 minutes, whatever, wherever you join that, that live broadcast. Or you can go straight to uh, the live moment, or you can go back to the beginning of the broadcast. So, you mean, tech-wise, there's some really good features. Price-wise, it's attractive. And it's something to consider for sure. So, um, yeah, well done, well done to Peacock for doing this. Um, and from what we've seen too with the Premier League, watching uh, Premier League matches on Peacock, the reliability of uh, Peacock has been good. I mean, so they've worked out all the kinks. I can't even remember. I don't know about you, Kartik. I can't even remember the last time I had a tech problem or something not working on Peacock. So, so it's all good. It's a, it's a good sign. Uh, and here we are recording this. We're 30 days away from the start of the 2022 World Cup, just one month away. Yeah, and Peacock, uh, I've had it on all day today, Chris, between uh, the situation in, in Britain with uh, Liz Truss resigning as prime minister. So you get that on Sky News. And then, obviously, the, uh, the Leicester-Leeds match was on Peacock Premium. And uh, not a kink. It's, it's been streaming all day. I've been in and out of the house. I've kept it running. Uh, and I have to say, we, we had a lot of negative things to say about Peacock when they rolled it out. Maybe development uh, testing wasn't done uh, quickly enough, and, and they had problems the first three months. But now, uh, two, two and a half years later, it's, it's maybe the most flawless streaming service out there. Yeah, when you mentioned that, though, too, Kartik, so... Paramount Plus is not perfect. I mean, it definitely there's some issues now and again. It's much better than what it was. ESPN Plus, I, I know you've experienced this from watching the DFB Pokal, uh, but we've heard several complaints from uh, fans of German soccer that have mentioned this season, uh, especially uh, Bundesliga and then Bundesliga 2 broadcasts uh, not being perfect. There have been issues... Um, you mean technical issues, whether it's on the ESPN Plus side or the side of you know from Germany, the feed there. Um, yeah, so you, you look at kind of the top streaming services for soccer that are, I mean, that you can cut the cord. Out of all of them, Peacock right now is one of the most reliable. So, and actually, the picture quality is really good too. And next year, we know. Um, in our interviews with, with Peacock executives next year, Premier League games, um, I think many of them will be in 4K. They're going to debut that at some point next year. So, you know, we're all almost at the end of the 2022 already. So, good things there. Now, you mentioned uh, Fox Sports, Kartik, in terms of um, what they'll be doing and uh, they they not having a paid streaming service where people can subscribe to watch games. They will show some games. Well, they will show actually I think all the games on Fox Sports uh, on the app. But you have to authenticate. So you have to have uh, either a cable subscription that includes um, FS1, for example, or you have to have a satellite satellite uh, subscription, or maybe um, a streaming service such as Fubo TV or Sling TV or YouTube TV to be able to watch those games live through Fox Sports app. Um, however, this past week, Fox had a presentation uh, talking about their World Cup coverage for 2022. And just like 2018, not much has changed. And what I mean by this is that uh, Fox is not planning on having any news reporters going in and talking about what's happening in the streets. So whether that's the streets of uh, Russia 
four years ago, or or Qatar uh, in 2022, uh, happening uh, next month. And what I mean by this is too is that Kartik, you know better than anyone uh, all the human rights abuses, uh, lack of freedoms. The things that are happening within Qatar that uh, are, are swept under, under the rug, or they try to sweep it under the rug. Well, Fox was asked um, this past week how they would be covering these types of stories. Would they mention these stories? Would they talk about it? Would they explain, uh, like NBC did uh, for the, uh, the Olympics when they went to Beijing? And they started off the broadcast, I think it was Mike Tirico, talking about the situation in Beijing. And then they kind of go into the sports and the Olympics and show the games. But at, at least being intelligent and transparent enough to not pretend, but, but to actually be honest and real with the actual viewers. So I'll get to that quote now. And the quote is, is from um, David Neal, who's the executive producer of Fox's World Cup coverage the number one guy at Fox for the World Cup uh, content. And he says, our stance is if it affects what happens on the field of play, we will cover it and cover it fully. But if it does not, if it is ancillary to the story of the tournament, there, there are plenty of other entities and outlets out there that are going to cover that. We firmly believe the viewers come to us to see what happens on the field, on the pitch. Kartik, I, I haven't had a chance to get your reaction on this one, um, but what's your, what, what is your reaction? What, what do you think when you hear this? It's obscene. It's absolutely obscene. It's contrary to the way uh, ESPN broadcast uh, World Cups in the past and Euros. Uh, they were able to tap into the expertise of ABC News and the ABC News Bureau in Paris to really cover the Euro 2016 tournament well. They did the same thing. Uh, Poland and Ukraine in 2012 and the World Cups in South Africa uh, and Brazil. Uh, and, and, and then you now have Fox having broadcast a World Cup in Russia and having you know, really allowed uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russian government to have this kind of billboard uh, uh, for this rosy billboard for, for, for Russia and for the government uh, on Fox throughout the entire month of the World Cup in 2018. And you're going to see something similar with Qatar in 2022. It's really disgusting. And it, it kind of reinforces the stereotype that's out there that Fox is a less serious um, broadcaster media company than the uh, the former big three in the United States, that they don't have the news gathering capabilities. They don't have the serious journalistic side that ABC, NBC, CBS have. Um, so it reinforces that. A lot of people taking politics and ideology out of it, because I know uh, a lot of conservatives think Fox is, is, uh, is a big new news organization, but it's actually more of a commentary organization. And you could say that's the, there's the similar things on the left. Um, their news gathering capabilities aren't there. So I thought maybe they would team up with somebody uh, else. I mean, with the uh, uh, News Corp family, they have a ability to, to do news gathering um, with some of the other entities owned by the Murdoch family and News Corp, but they, they seem unwilling to. Now, perhaps it has nothing to do with Murdoch and News Corporation. Maybe it's because it's a tip of the cap to FIFA. And if it is, that's even more scandalous. Yeah, to me, this is censorship. This is Qatar and FIFA 
you know, basically having a conversation, maybe I'm sure kind of in a private room saying like, hey, like we'd prefer if you're not really kind of focused on these areas uh, that about the migrant workers, living conditions and, and the over 6,000 migrant workers that have died in the building of the infrastructure for World Cup 2022. And this week, too, on, on uh, worldsoccertalk.com, we ran a couple of stories about uh, how British journalists and British news organizations are being censored. So, for example, BBC and ITV have been told that they're not allowed to film any of the living conditions uh, in Qatar. They're only allowed to film in three locations, and they're not, not allowed to film anywhere near government buildings. Now, government buildings, I, I could I could say, okay, yeah, maybe security things, but not have not having the ability to actually go into a camp where the migrant live, uh, workers live and see the just the really obscene living conditions that, that they're living under. I mean, to me, this is basically Fox saying to the viewers, like, one, yeah, let's just focus on the games. We don't want to show the any of the, the other stuff because we don't want to risk losing our uh, biggest sponsor. Which happens to be Qatar Airways, and we don't, and we don't want to upset FIFA too because we have the rights to the 2026 World Cup. We're just going to keep everything cozy and, and not rock the boat. Now, Kartik, you, you mentioned news organizations, and you're, you're right in terms of uh, news gathering versus news commentary. However, Fox Sports does, or well, Fox has two news crews that are going to be in Qatar, and, and in, a, in a separate interview, uh, this is with Sports Video Group. Uh, one of their top executives talked about those news crews. So you would imagine that those news crews would actually do some maybe investigative reporting or finding out some details about what life is really like in Qatar because the way that they positioned it is that these news crews are going to be responsible for capturing the flavor of the country. Now, this is the quote from that executive, uh, and that story is at worldsoccertalk.com also. The, the executive at Fox says, we want to make sure that we're showing off everything that Qatar is, whether it's the sea line beach, where the desert meets the ocean, the modern skyline of Doha itself, the financial center that is Qatar, or falconry, or camel racing. So what they're doing is, is it's an infomercial. It's an infomercial to paint Qatar in a positive light, uh, to paint the World Cup in a positive light, and not be honest with the viewers that are watching the broadcast to see what life is really like in Qatar. And, and the migrant worker camps, is that, that's not all of the life of Qatar, for sure. Um, but, I mean, to actually ignore it, and not even talk about it is disgraceful. So going back, Kartik, to talking about Peacock, I mean, that is an option for viewers. If you are upset, uh, as we are, about Fox's coverage, that is another option. You can watch uh, games, whether it's on Telemundo Deportes, on television, or Universo. Uh, all those games are available. There's more games available over the air through Telemundo than there is through Fox. Or, you mean, again, English language, if you want to go ahead, there are radio commentaries about you can sync up with the actual video, visual images, or, or you can watch Fox. I mean, it, it's not us preaching, saying what you should or shouldn't do, but there are op options out there. Um, and it's, it's upsetting about what Fox is doing just because it seems no, nobody cares. It seems that nobody cares. They only care about uh, basically greed, uh, just generating money, which, which is a sad reflection of the state of the world. 
I can't take this move on to something. Oh, speaking of greed, <laughs> let's move on to Serie A. Uh, I'll have you kind of talk about um, what we know so far about some news that came out this week from Serie A, uh, thinking ahead to the future. Yeah, so Serie A is looking uh, at the next right cycle uh, for television. They've started uh, uh, talking it up. And the current deal here in the U.S. between CBS Sports and Serie A runs through the end of next season, 2023-24. Luigi De Severo, the league's uh, chief executive, claimed broadcasting packages globally could exceed $1 billion during the next round of negotiations. He also hopes these figures could potentially approach $2 billion by the next right cycle, which will be uh, 2027 to 2030. That's wildly optimistic. I know he has been tasked with uh, bringing in more money from television revenue because Serie A has fallen well behind um, the Premier League uh, in in terms of global rights and even La Liga in terms of global global rights. And then the domestic rights package isn't quite as lucrative as the package that the Bundesliga has. So uh, they are in in, in probably the fourth position in terms of media and television revenue from uh, media media rights and television and streaming rights. So they have to bridge that gap. We see Serie A, even the top clubs in Serie A can't keep their top players. So it's imperative this changes, but I think it's wildly optimistic. I don't think they're going to get those numbers. Yeah, I think just as Ligue 1 has the uh, BN Sports and has many of their games on television and actually all of their games available through a combination of uh, television or streaming through BN Sports, it's it's a good fit in that if you want to watch any French League game, they're available if you really want to. And I think the same thing with Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. Um, to me, it's the home of Serie A. It, they've done the best job out of all the broadcasters that have had Serie A. And Serie A has bounced around from Gold TV, Fox, uh, ESPN. Uh, I'm trying to think there's BN. probably been another. BN had it. Yeah, BN. I mean, so everyone's had, had a chance at uh, Serie A. And to me, CBS Sports... Uh, the commitment that they've put into the TV broadcasts and the shows that they've done, and then on the streaming side, showing every game. To me, it's the best that they've ha- they've, they've gotten. So, yes, it's one thing to kind of ask or expect or, or lay, lay the groundwork to say, hey, we're expecting these rights fees to go up in the next cycle. However, the reality is is that you you need to find the right partner. Um, and CBS is that perfect partner, and I think that uh, Serie R should be uh, cognizant of that and um, not try to, you know, basically kind of uh, get those fees so high that Paramount Plus might say, "Hey, we," or CBS Sports says, "Hey, we can't afford that. That's just way too much. You're overvaluing your rights." But yeah, it, it all comes back to the leagues, the power that they have, and most of that money comes from TV revenue. So I don't blame the Serie A for, for trying to uh, set the stage to get more money in the future. However, I think reality needs to set in. And, and CBS Sports, I hope, will continue to broadcast uh, Serie A for, I mean, for as long as, as, as possible. Now, one of the story, Kartik, before we get to the Wrexham discussion, and this is something that came up uh, today on Thursday that we're recording this, and there's very little detail out there about it, and it's very, the actual information I've gotten so far is a little bit confusing, but what I'm hearing is is that uh, Televisa Univision, so Univision, has acquired the global rights, except, except for Mexico, to the, the commercial rights for Liga MX, which also includes the media rights. 
Now, I'm working on getting more information about this. I have a interview scheduled uh, with the folks at Univision to get the details about what this means and when this starts. But already, as of today, I mean, Univision has, I, I believe, I think it's like 12 or 13 of, of the 18 uh, teams. They have the, the, the exclusive rights to those. So whether this means that they have the ability to go ahead and acquire all those rights or whether they'll be selling those rights on behalf of Liga MX, that's what it appears to be, uh, we shall find out. And as soon as I get the details, I'll do a story at willsoccertalk.com. But I wanted to give uh, listeners, you guys, a heads up in terms of what's happening. And, and I'm working on more details there because it's breaking as we record this. Kartik, uh I want to get your take on Wrexham. Wrexham has been probably one of the biggest stories the past couple of weeks, the past week especially, uh, with their game on uh, ESPN2 in the FA Cup and then the replay uh, on ESPN2 also and both of those games on ESPN+. And just um, get your take on, on the coverage, how much of it you watched and what you thought about ESPN's coverage of uh, a fourth round FA Cup qualifying game. Yeah, a, a sub-first round proper uh Two qualifying matches, actually. You know, the, the match, the first, the, uh, the the fourth qualifying round, and then the replay. Yeah, it was it was outstanding. I, I watched both matches. I uh, I thought the second match was wildly entertaining. Actually, the first match was pretty entertaining too. Uh, what was the Premier League match that was on at the same time? I, I can't remember because I think I, f- I felt like the uh, Wrexham match was more, was was more watchable. It was his last? Yeah, it was, an, it was a nil. Yeah, it was a nil nil game. Palace, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I thought it was great. They had a full-on uh, pregame show for both uh, Rob Earnshaw, Hal Robson, Kanu, uh, some significant uh, Welsh players. I know uh, who else was was there? Uh, Steve Steve Watson. Steve Watson, right? So um, telling the kind of setting the stage for the uh, uh, the the the, uh, uh, the the story about Wrexham, and then uh, to have landed the uh, the commentators they landed for the Saturday match was pretty remarkable um, in the midst of a weekend uh, full of football throughout the Football League and, and, and uh, the Premier League. And the coverage was, was outstanding. I know there are some people who've complained to me privately, well, why doesn't ESPN do this? For, um, uh, for 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 the uh, football league, why why don't they put this sort of effort into coverage of, of championship matches uh, of of uh, league cup matches? And, and and it's also been pointed out to me that they won't even show the FA Cup final on linear television. Now they've shown two sub uh, first round uh, first round proper qualifying matches on linear television. Look, Wrexham is a big deal right now um, because of uh, everything we've talked talked about we've done a whole podcast about it uh and disney is invested uh as as an entity as a media company in wrexham football club via obviously uh hulu and fx which they own um and this is a uh they own 67 percent of hulu but they they also uh, own fx uh which they showed uh, welcome to wrexham on linear television with so this is part of a broader package of uh of uh, promoting and uh, introducing Wrexham to the American audience, and right now Wrexham is it. I mean, they're they're a big deal. I, I know there are a lot of very pure football fans who may not be seeing what's going on in kind of a pop culture sense around Wrexham. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. 
Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So um, I, I hope we're not uh, uh, speaking above people or, or offending some people by, by, by talking about it this way, Chris. But that's, that's my observation. I think Wrexham, there are people who don't really follow the sport who keep asking me about Wrexham and Ryan Reynolds and, and, and Rod McElhaney. It seems like Reynolds is more the, uh, the uh, um, draw, uh, push on this than, than McElhaney. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, uh, this is just going to continue to grow. What's crazy about this, though, Karthik, is that this was not a world feed. This was an actual ESPN hiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiring. Yeah, and, Hi- yeah. And as I said, hiring, they went out and they brought, in and, and brought in top-tier talent to do it. For, for a broadcast that was exclusive to ESPN. So uh, in the United States, the game was shown, I mean, across ESPN2 and ESPN+, and, and I'm sure probably some other markets too. So, and it was a very short uh, a length of time between, I mean, when the game was scheduled and actually the Wrexham game, the first game, had been rescheduled um, to that earlier kickoff, specifically on that Saturday, specifically to uh, show it on U.S. television, because if they showed it at the regular kickoff time, which would have been 10 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. U.K. time, uh, with college football, there's no way that ESPN or ESPN2 could have shown it. But by having it at 8 o'clock in the morning, that was ideal timing. That was perfect, where there's nothing else, no conflicts. ESPN to show the game. Now, ESPN Plus, we don't have the viewing numbers from that part of it, but ESPN 2, uh, that first game that they showed, got uh, 89,000 viewers, which in comparison, ESPN 2's broadcast of MLS Decision Day, uh, which was the week prior to that, which was on the Sunday, the final day of this regular season, a big deal, right? Uh, that one got 102, I think it was 103,000 viewers. So not that much more for a game between a fifth division versus a sixth division of the English pyramids uh, with this team, Wrexham, that probably before this, this month of uh, October, uh, outside of hardcore soccer fans, Mainstream America probably had no idea who Wrexham was really before this show. So incredible stuff. Um, 
and a lot of hatred <laughs> coming our way from a lot of MLS fans, just like really upset that we were making the comparison between Wrexham and Major League Soccer TV ratings. I think in many ways, very defensive, thinking that um, perhaps this is unfair or even this is how, how dare you make, make the, uh, the comparison. Vice versa, a lot of love from a lot of soccer fans. A lot of people actually, like you said, Kartik, who are not soccer fans, who are just general I mean, general, general Americans, mainstream America, saying like, "Hey, I'm I'm in love with this. I'm in love with with the series. I'm in love with this team. I'm in love with the community." Uh, and it was interesting having watched all of uh, Welcome to Wrexham, and I, I know you've seen most of the episodes, but it was interesting watching this game live and actually seeing the players that we knew so, we we know so well. So whether it's Ollie Palmer or Jordan Davis or. Um, Paul Mullen or you go down like Aiden Haywood I think it was you go down the list um, you know Dibble and Goal and, and, and these are players that I know more about these players I feel I know more about their stories than I do any team in Major League Soccer that I've been following since what 1996 that you mean this is how much uh, how well that sh- Welcome to Wrexham show has done. It makes me care about Wrexham. And I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm Welsh. I was born in Wales. I'm American too. But I'm not a Wrexham fan. I'm, I'm a Swansea City fan. Swansea City fans are supposed to hate Wrexham, not as much as Cardiff. But even myself, as somebody who's a Swansea fan, lifelong, feels some attachment and 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 love, really, for Wrexham and, and what they've done. And I think... It's not that I mean Ryan and Rob definitely help in terms of being in the, I mean having this series and being very you know, fun to watch, interesting to watch, but you you can see too that they're genuine, they want to succeed, and this story is incredible. And in context, this might be just the beginning, right? Because they've now made it through till the the first round of the FA Cup. Uh, they're playing Oldham. Um, that game has been moved to an earlier kickoff on Sunday, November 6th, I believe it is. And it's very likely that that game will, will also be available, uh, certainly on ESPN Plus, but possibly on ESPN or ESPN2. So mainstream America, Sports Center, Sports Center Kartik is talking about Wrexham. They have it in the top 10. They're talking about it. That just goes to show how, how incredible this whole story is. Yeah, no, no question about it. And I think part of it is the way that documentary told stories in a way that these other soccer documentary miniseries, um, or I, I shouldn't call it a miniseries because this was a full series. This is 15 episodes. But the way the, uh, the, the Juventus and Man City and Spurs, they didn't really tell stories and character build outside of the managers, right? So, uh, so I think fundamentally this comes down to the way that documentary was produced. And, and how it was uh, it was presented, uh, because, yes, you're right. There were all sorts of people interacting with me on Saturday and on Tuesday talking about Palmer and this player and that player and all, all the guys you mentioned, Chris, from Wrexham. And I'm like, this is amazing. All these American soccer fans know this team better than they know teams in their own country. Yep. I know it, it's crazy. It is crazy. It, it, in some ways, it's um, it just shows how poor of a job MLS has done, and, and actually not just MLS, but but Fox Sports. I mean, ESPN <laughs> has had the rights to, ES, uh, to to Major League Soccer for what since two thousand and two, or well, it's forever basically since the beginning. But um, 
this this is really engaging. This is something that I mean. So ESPN is a storytelling network. I mean, if they see sense a story, they will tell it. Um, but it hasn't been captivating. This one has been captivating. Captivating on Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, it's it, it, it's insane, and it's uh, it's it's good stuff. I mean, it's really well produced. The actual series, but Kartik, what is it about Welcome to Wrexham? Do you think that has I mean, basically, mainstream America talking about it, everyone going crazy over it. However, I'm not reading or seeing any U.S. soccer journalists talking about this show, this Welcome to Rexham show. What, why, why is that? I, I, I'm really shocked by it because I, I, I don't know if they're not interacting with non-MLS fans or, or, or what's going on because uh, – uh, I'm hearing a lot about it from political friends, you know, friends uh, who are into other subjects. Uh, the, uh, the, the the viewership on FX didn't blow us away, but it wasn't it was pretty good compared to MLS matches, right? It was about about the well, same. L- and, let me just chime in. Let me just chime in. In there, out of the top ten um, shows on television. Uh, I think in the last few weeks, I think actually for the month of October thus, thus far, uh, Welcome to Wrexham is now number seven in, in uh, number of viewers. So so it's caught on because in the beginning, yeah, you're right, because we, we talked about that on the podcast too. The actual viewership for the opening episode wasn't that wasn't that huge, right? It was okay. I think a lot of the people are catching up on Hulu. I yeah. think they're watching it. They're, they're binge watching it. Just like, I mean, I don't know, Game of Thrones or whatever show that they're into, they're just watching it. And, and maybe they didn't start at the, be- the beginning, but they are, if they haven't watched it yet, and listeners, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It, it is really, really well done. To me, it, it's, to me, it's better than Ted Lasso. And the reason why is because it's real. Ted Lasso is fictional, right? It's based on, I mean, I'm sure there's some things that uh, Jason Sudeikis uh, kind of saw in reality and the, the screenwriters saw to kind of weave this in. But the Welcome to Wrexham is real from the beginning to the end. This is real stuff. I mean, it, it's comedic. Yes, it's humorous, but it's real. And Kartik, like, like, it's interesting too. I think just one more thing before we move on to the listener mailbag is what I find interesting is the three most popular soccer series of all time in the United States are uh, Sunderland Till I Die, Ted Lasso, and Welcome to Wrexham. And the thing that they all have in common is definitely a thread of promotion relegation in all three. Only, only, only two of them are actually real. One of them's, uh, yeah, and I, I like Ted Lasso. Uh, it wasn't the greatest show ever made, but I liked it. And I think at the timing of that show, when it did come out during COVID was a feel good show that we all needed. And, and I enjoyed it, but I'm liking welcome to Rex much more. But the interesting thing, the final thing I thought I have Kartik on this one is that these three shows, Sunderland till I die, Ted Lasso and welcome to Wrexham, They're all on streaming. So welcome to Wrexham is a Hulu pr- uh, product right hulu slash espn plus and in europe it's in uh, it's on disney plus so it's really kind of a disney bundle so you got disney showing welcome to Wrexham effectively ted lasso is apple tv and then sunderland till i die is netflix so this is netflix versus apple versus uh, disney and uh it's interesting that soccer is a main a main part of that, that that's the, that's the main storyline yeah, and certainly Apple TV has really hitched their wagon to Ted Lasso, right? That that's that's been a huge driver in signups for them, and and will ultimately probably be a bigger driver in signups for them than than having uh, exclusive MLS rights will. Although that that's obviously a very big deal for them as well. 
All right, let's move on to listener mailbag. And first up is Daniel. He wants to talk about Welcome to Wrexham. Daniel says, I just finished watching the season finale of Welcome to Wrexham. The way the story was told, I feel for the fans and the players... Actually, let me let me just chime in here. This is a spoiler. So, Kartik, I know you haven't watched the rest of the series. You've got a few more episodes to go. You know what happens, but there's a lot of listeners out there uh, who may not be following. I, I should just uh, jump in here for a second and tell people that uh, Stockport, I think I've said this before on the podcast, Stockport is a club that I've followed through the years. So, yes, I know what happens. Uh, that's a spoiler, too, as to what happens. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay, so so listen, other listeners, this is a, kind of a, an alert to let you know that, okay, there are going to be some spoilers here. So if you do want to watch a show and you, you don't want to know what happens at the end, uh, basically skip ahead for a, a few minutes here. But uh, Daniel says, the way the story was told, I feel for the fans and the players when they didn't win promotion. I knew beforehand they didn't win promotion, but seeing the fans depressed and sad when when Grimsby scored that final goal in the 119th minute really stuck with me and it's something i don't think i'll ever forget the 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 football club i support is barcelona i've loved barcelona since i was a teenager i'm 27 now but seeing that episode it showed me that football is more than just watching the big teams win the same leagues and the same trophies over and over again my dad is a spurs fan he started following the team because of harry kane he knows spurs haven't won anything in a long time and probably never will. But to him, he doesn't care because he, he'll always support the team he loves. So my question is, even though MLS has no promotion relegation and the most excitement we, we ever get is in the playoffs, is it okay to support a big club and your local club, be it MLS or USL at the same time? Sorry if this sounds confusing. That episode got me deep into thought and made me a bit teary-eyed over a club I have never heard of before this show. My, my answer to that, Kartik, is uh, support, yeah, support whoever you want to, right? There's nothing wrong with having a local team that you support uh, and then having a big team you support. And maybe it's a team in the non-league kind of the, I mean, in England that you support too. Or, I mean, whatever whatever you want. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this is that there's so many teams available it's hard to pick one team and, and have that team for life. I, I have that team, but that was just because I was born into an area that that was my local club. But when I was a kid, before I was a Swansea City supporter, I don't think I've ever admitted this, but when I was like seven or eight, uh, I was a Liverpool fan. And that was because they were winning all the trophies in Europe in, in the late 70s and winning the European Cups and stuff like that. And that was probably the team that was most immediate to me. I didn't know about my local team that even existed. And then a friend of mine, he, uh, he and his dad took me to a Swansea game. And that was it. I fell in love instantly and, and supported them ever since. But to me, I mean, my, my thing is support whoever you like. Um, you mean there's no rules in this? What about you, Kartik? Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. There is no rules, and it'd be nice if you supported your local club. Uh, but oftentimes now, uh, local clubs in the U.S. die because of the closed system, and, and you're forced to support something uh, or, or be exposed to something you, you, that may not fit your values. So support who you like. So next up is Wes. Wes says, and this is a long one, so I'm uh, probably not going to read this whole thing. But gentlemen, I have been listening for years and I love the show. I have seen some of this covered on the website, and I, but I would really much appreciate uh, you all going in depth on this topic. 
I recently purchased a nice 4K OLED TV screen with the intention of hosting World Cup watch parties where my friends and I can enjoy excellent image quality while watching the tournament. I have read that every match will be shown in native 4K HDR on the Fox Sports app. Unfortunately, even 2022 model LG TVs do not offer the Fox Sports on their operating system. Um, are you aware if any TV manufacturers such as LG will be offering the Fox Sports app before the start of the tournament? And then Wes goes on to talk uh, even more deeply about kind of the 4, 4K broadcasts. And, and Wes, I, I answered to you via email on this one and, and give you some links of some articles at worldsoccertalk.com that go into a lot more detail um, about this. And, and a lot of this information is directly from Fox. And But for other listeners who are listening on this one, too, it's a great question, and um, it does get very techy on the 4K side, and there's so many different options, but I would encourage you to definitely go to worldsoccertalk.com if you do have questions. Post them in the comments section uh, on these articles about uh, 4K, and we have a, a ton of listeners and a ton of readers that are more well-informed uh, and educated about 4K uh, technology and uh, all the options available and what does work and doesn't work and many of them will be able to answer your questions there in the comments section at worldsoccertalk.com Next up is Daniel McCurry, and he wants to talk about Paramount Plus. He says, I love the podcast. I just signed up for Paramount Plus this week. The audio for Juventus versus Milan was constantly off. It was either late or early, and no matter how I reloaded it, it wouldn't match up with the TV on the video screen. Not sure if this is a one-off or not, but that's a major issue during the, the prime match of the week. I use Peacock every week for the Premier League, and I've yet to have an issue. And that was something we talked about just uh, at the beginning, beginning of the podcast or in the news segment, um, where there is one of those things where a lot of people find that Paramount Plus is not perfect, um, like this example here. Neither is ESPN Plus, but Peacock is actually much further along uh, than the others. And maybe a year ago, we wouldn't have said the same thing. So hats off to Peacock. Paramount Plus, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I haven't experienced the same issue that Daniel has, but uh, I know others have, and it is annoying. Sometimes when I, I mean, I, I can't, if I can't fix it, sometimes I just put it on mute and just watch the game that way, and that way it doesn't disturb me as much. And then last but not least, uh, Chris has uh, some feedback on it about ESPN. First off, I hope both of you are staying safe after the uh, the hurricane that came through, Hurricane Ian. When it comes to ESPN prioritizing college football over the Bundesliga and La Liga, I think it has more to do with the fact that college football, especially the SEC, is one of ESPN's major properties, along with the NFL and NBA. They are trying to compete with Fox, CBS, NBC, and the Big Ten. Uh, on Saturdays and will relegate other properties in order to do that. However, I agree with Kartik that it hurts the growth of both leagues in the US. If I am into uh, the Bundesliga, or if I am the, Bund the Bundesliga, I am talking with CBS and Paramount Plus and Warner Brothers Discovery about partnering with them after the ESPN deal ends. Warner Brothers Discovery would be an ideal partner for Bundesliga, in my view, because they don't have college football, which would allow them to put games on TNT and TBS along with HBO Max for streaming. Now, Kartik, I know you have a lot to say about this, so I'll let you uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's difficult in terms of, uh, of us as, as soccer fans to expect um, uh, a lot of programming, particularly in the fall, right, in a lot of uh, um, uh, 
time and space. Um, but I think uh, uh, you might have to start looking beyond ESPN, right, as Chris is suggesting. So um, Warner Brothers Discovery could be a great partner uh, for, for the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga on ESPN is getting significantly less coverage, and uh, we're also seeing uh, uh, these, uh, these, these operational issues or, or broadcasting issues, streaming issues that uh, you referenced earlier in the show. So my, my thinking is we very, very clearly uh, – might have to see a pivot uh, away from broadcasters that show a lot of college football if you want things on, on linear and you want um, them promoted on streaming, right? Because another thing that I, I've noticed is happening on ESPN Plus is that I logged on to ESPN Plus on Saturday. There was either a La Liga game or a Bundesliga match I wanted to watch. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it, it was in the afternoon, right? Uh, and uh, all that I saw was college football. Right, and I had to scroll and scroll and scroll. I think it was a La Liga match, right? Because I think this was after um, this was like three or four in the afternoon. I had to scroll and scroll and scroll, and it knows my preferences, right? There's an algorithm it uses that that knew, used to know my preferences, and still, I mean, I I have to go a long way to find the La Liga match. Um, now, actually, if I go into Hulu, it pops right up. So that maybe that's uh, that was my fault for going into the ESPN app. Um, I think it was the device I was on. That's why I had to go through the ESPN app. Yeah. But nonetheless. Nonetheless, but you it, shouldn't have to, right? Yeah, you shouldn't yeah, have yeah, to go right. through all that Nonetheless, I, 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 it took me a while to find the match. So that was uh, uh, the sort of thing that I'm thinking now. Um, La Liga's on ESPN for, for several more years. Maybe the Bundesliga just needs to split. This is, this is year three of a five-year deal. Um, two more years. Warner Brothers Discovery will have been broadcasting um, the U.S., men's and women's national team for a few years at that point, and also, as I've mentioned repeatedly on this podcast, Discovery, who is actually in control of Warner Brothers Discovery, if you look at the board and look at kind of the programming decisions they're making with with all of their cable channels. Um, Discovery has a lot of experience showing soccer uh, in in Europe. So uh, they, they get the sport. They understand it. All right, listeners, uh, we want to hear from you. So thank you, first of all, for all your listener mailbag uh, feedback this episode. But we want to hear for you, from you for the next episode. So go ahead, send us your uh, comments, your feedback, your questions, uh, your rants and raves, if you agree with us or disagree with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, there's a few different ways you can reach us. You can re- reach us through voicemail. You can leave an audio voicemail. Uh, just call 561-247-4625, and that will ring. Just leave a voicemail there. Uh, or if you want to, you can go ahead and send us an email, which is uh, web at worldsoccertalk.com. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk. You can go to our website, worldsoccertalk.com, and just uh, click on the pod in the navigation bar, and then just leave your comments in the most recent episode. And then last but not least, uh, Twitter. You can always tweet us uh, at World Soccer Talk, and uh, we'll go ahead and let us know if you have a podcast question or comment, and we can include that in a future episode. Kartik, thank you for so much for being on the show. I know, I know it's busy uh, with politics and everything going on. It's, it's incredibly busy, but I uh, really appreciate your time to uh, talking about streaming uh, and TV cov- coverage, production, etc., as well as uh, what some broadcasters are not going to be uh, broadcasting, uh, which is just as, as important uh, in many ways. It speaks a lot to their intents. 
So, Kartik, uh, I know what the listeners are going to do, but what are you going to do this weekend? Enjoy your football. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.